obviously we've talked, uh, we've mentioned to you several times that it's Mother's Day, but I thought today I would like to take a little different tack on, on Mother's Day. And I know typically we talk about, about mothers, but I thought today, now this is still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about men today, uh, but we are talking about, about the role of a woman. And you might have looked at your bulletin and saw the, the, the name of the message was A Woman's Place. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I get a little bit nervous whenever I'm talking about women for one major reason, and that is I don't know anything about them. Uh, the, the only thing you have to do to find that out is just simply talk to my wife, but what we're going to do is we're just going to take a look at, at Scripture, take a look at you know, what does the Bible have to say, and what, what is the place or what is the position that God had in mind for ladies. Now, over the years, what has happened for many of us is we perverted the view of, of relationships, and we perverted the view of the role of a man and of a woman. Uh, I'd just like to share with you, uh, this article always cracks me up in a, in a strange way, and I'm sure you're going to laugh too, or maybe be really offended, I don't know, but it's an article from a 1955 magazine talking about what needs to be done in order to be a good wife. Y'all, just as a reminder, I did not write this. I'm just simply reading this. And it was from a Housekeeping Monthly. It's called The Good Wife's Guide. And so, ladies, you might want to pull out a pen and paper, take a little bit of notes here. Uh, it says, the first responsibility of the wife is to make sure she has dinner ready as soon as her husband comes home. That's actually biblical. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it says, uh, next, she's to make sure the children stay out of his way and are quiet. And this is the one that just, <laughs> this one kills me. It says, be sure to let him talk first, first because his topics of conversation are much more important than yours. Um, and then the last one is, this is crazy. Never complain, even if he goes out to eat without you or doesn't come home all night. Isn't that great? I mean, that's, you can learn a lot from this. I said I would always preach out of the Bible, but I'm going to start preaching out of this magazine. Uh, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, and it's just really interesting to me the viewpoints that people have had over the years about, about mothers, about wives, what exactly is the role of a woman. And so that was from 1955. And then I believe today what's happened is we've gone to another extreme where we try to say, hey, there's no difference between men and women. We're the same. It's like there's interchangeable parts and we're, there, there's no uniqueness about either one. And so my question is, is that true? You know, what is the right answer? Is 1955 right or is today right? How in the world do we know what, what is the role of a woman? And, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, obviously the, the biggest way we can find out or the best way we can find out what our position is and what our role is is to take a look and see what the one who created us had to say. That's one reason why we find Scripture to be so important because I believe that answers in life, directions that we have in life, are not to be found in, in people's opinions or in some magazines they are to be found in what God has to say. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to go back to the, the creation narrative, all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. This is great. I mean, if you have your Bible, this one's a quick one to find. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, first, first book in the Bible. And so we're going to be looking at verses 26 through 28. It's when God's talking about creation, what God did during creation. And it's in the verses we're going to see today where we see the place of a woman. And so if you have your Bible, you can look there. And one thing that I like about the creation narrative is that every time God creates, 
the last thing that he says is, and it was good. And then you get to, uh, you get to the part where God creates men and women. And do you all know what he says then after he creates them? He doesn't just say, it's good. He said, it is very good. And I like that. And when I, when I read that, it just reminds me that when God made you, he made you on purpose. That you are not some cosmic accident. God made you for a purpose, for a role to fulfill. And ladies, when God created you, he had a role for you to fulfill. Now you might say, well, what exactly is that role? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Well, in our text, we're going to see the role of a woman that a woman has in creation. And so the big question today is, okay, what is a woman's place? And I'm here to tell you. Now, not from me, but from what God says. And y'all, yeah, I know that sounds bad. You're going to like this. Okay, what is a woman's place? The first place of a woman is she has a place of equality. A woman has a place of equality. And we are speaking from God's perspective here. Uh, look with me in verses uh, 26 and 27. It said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and they will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the animals, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. He created them in the image of God. He created them male and female. Now, the article I started off with from 1955, that wonderful Pulitzer Prize winning article, I'm sure that it was not, it started off by talking about what the role of a woman was. And one thing that you'll notice as you read through that, I mean, it, there, it's just, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the mindset is that the woman is here in order simply to serve man, that she is a part of creation that is only to be used by man, that she is inferior to man. Now, that's a worldly perspective. That has been the worldly perspective in the past. But when you start comparing, like, what you think and what I think to what God says, you're going to be shocked a lot of times because it's different. And what does God say? You know, not what do I think or what my granddaddy thought. What, what does God say? Verse 26, that's what God said. He said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. You might say, well, he says man there. Well, if you go down to verse number 27, he says, let us make men and women in our image. So what's so big about that? It is showing us that in God's eyes that men and women have equal standing. He said, let me make them in my image. That word image, it means an exact duplicate. God says, man and woman will be created in my image. Now, does that mean that, that you know, God has brown hair and blue eyes or, you know, that he's got, uh, that he's got a, a body? When you read through the scripture, what you'll discover is that the Bible tells us that God is not a human, but that God is spirit. Jesus himself said this in John 4, 24. He said, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. Now you might say, well, if I was made in God's image, if women are made in God's image, then how do they look like God? It's talking about spirit. We have a spirit like God has a spirit. Our bodies simply house our spirit. And no other creature has a soul like the soul of God. Only God does. 
and he's given man a spirit as well. We're told in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. He's talking about the body of man. That there's the physical aspect of men and women. That's what it talks about, joints and marrow. God's word is able to speak to you physically, but it also speaks to us in our spirit and in our soul. Now, what exactly is it talking about when it talks about a spirit? Well, if we're created in the image of God, there's some things you ought to notice about God. You go back to Genesis chapter 1. What, what is God known for in Genesis chapter 1? What does God do in Genesis 1? He creates, right? He creates. He fashions. He forms. Whenever He creates men and women, He says, and it is good. It is very good. Now, that right there shows me there is a morality side of God in His spirit as well. He knows what is good. He knows what is bad. That's how we're like God. When God made us, He made us with the ability to, to fashion, to form, to create, to know the difference between right and wrong. And He didn't just do that for men. He did that for men and women. That's why, that's why Paul said in Galatians 3.28, he says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all, it says, one in Christ Jesus. Equal standing before God. Now, the unfortunate thing is, as sin has entered into our world, we have perverted the creation idea of God. In Jesus' day, women were seen as being inferior to men. A typical prayer of a Pharisee, when he would end his prayer, he would say, and I thank God that I was not made a woman. Now, guys, let me tell you something. That is why Christianity, one of the reasons why Christianity was so radical is because when it came onto the scene, it put men and women on equal footing before God when nobody else did that. And that's, that's surprising to a lot of people. And the reason why is because a lot of people, they say, if you believe in the Bible, if you're going to be a follower of God, it means you're Melchizedek. It means that you don't view women highly. Let me tell you something. Christianity has placed women at the highest point possible compared to every other religion. And that's why it's so important that we honor and that we respect women. Because God has given them a special place. He's given them a place of equality. What is a woman's place? It's a place of equality. Another, another place for a woman is she has a place of authority. Let me tell you something. If you grew up in a home like mine, my mom had authority. She used to whip us. I was going to say beat us, but that sounds bad these days. Uh, let, me, let me read to you verses 26 and 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now listen to this. It says, And they will just rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals, all the earth, and the creation that crawls on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Now you'll notice that out of all the creation that God made, God made men and women different than all other creation. You know, it's always interesting to me, or sometimes even aggravating to me, when I see people come out and they say, there's really no distinction between mankind and the animal kingdom. You know, men and women, we're just animals as well. You guys, when I look at the Bible, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there is a distinction between mankind 
and the animal kingdom. Now, I'm not, for, I'm not for the abuse of animals or anything like that, but the Bible lets us know that men and women have been given dominion over this earth. That's why God said, he said, let them rule over all the earth. That word rule means dominion, that power. It's where we get the term, it's a, a term that's called the dominion principle. It's why that, that man, because we, because men and women have uh, s- superiority over all other creation, it's why we're able to, to use trees and cut them down to build homes. It's why we're able to use animals for food. Now, I'm not talking about being abusive with any of those things, but I am saying that God has given us the power and the ability to rule. That, that includes women. Woman's role is not to be uninvolved in life. Her job is to rule with man over creation. Now, just being honest with you, there are a lot of people who have used the Bible to say that, that men have dominion over all things and that women are inferior. Guys, it's absolutely not true whenever you look at what Scripture has to say. Genesis chapter 2. We're still in the creation account. Genesis chapter 2, here's what God said. Genesis 2.18. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That word helper, it means a partner. The fact is, people were made for relationship. Now, for those of you who are married... One of your major relationships is to be with your spouse. Why? Well, your spouse completes you. She is supposed to, or he is supposed to complete you. It makes you more well-rounded. Relationships bring satisfaction and hope in life. It is a reciprocal relationship. It's not one being better than the other. It's a reciprocal relationship. Jesus said in Mark 9.35 to his disciples, he said, if you want to be first... You must be the very least and the servant of all. In relationship between a man and a woman, it's to be reciprocal. Now, even though it's reciprocal, we, we do have different we do have different roles to play. But the point I want us to see is that, that women also are to have authority. Now, guys, that means that we need to teach our children to have respect for our wives, for women. Because if we don't, then what we are doing is we are saying we are superior and greater than the other. That's not not the the intention that God had in mind. There were two ladies in the 1930s. They were the Hilton Twins. And they were Siamese Twins. And they they did a lot of vaudeville shows. They actually made some some movies in the 1930s. But whenever, whenever they worked, one thing they had to do, had to work together. Right? They're Siamese twins. They were joined together at the hip, literally. Now, if what if one of them decided, hey, you know, I want to go solo? I mean, is that going to be a very successful act for her? It's, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to pull off. And so whenever the Hilton twins worked together, they literally worked together. And, and one didn't try to go solo. They said, we have to work together. And so whenever people thought of the Hilton twins, they thought of both of them. Because they were together, they were working together. And I thought about that, said, that, that, is, that is to be a picture of marriage. Marriage is to be us working together, a husband and a wife working together. It's not to be one trying to outshine the other. And whenever you think of one, you automatically ought to think of the other. So what is the place of a woman? She's a place of equality. She's a place of authority. 
And then this one fits in more with Mother's Day. She has a place of nurturing. And in chapter 3, verse number 20, it says, Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Now, while men and women have equal standing before God, while men and women are to rule together, there is one aspect of many, but there's one aspect that a woman has that a man does not fulfill, and that is, that is nurturing. In chapter 3, verse number 20, Adam said that Eve's role was to be one who would nurture. And I really believe this. I believe this is something that God has hardwired in general into women over men. Would you all kind of agree with that? I know that typically whenever children are hurt, whenever they are in need, they typically will go to their mother. I know when our kids get hurt, the last thing they do is come to me because I have no idea what to do. And, you know, I'm like, well, it's not bleeding that bad. And so they go to their mother. Their mother emotionally connects with our children better than I do. And I believe that's because God has wired people differently. Now, does that mean that, that women are better than men? I know it's Mother's Day. It does not mean that. It just means we're different. Matter of fact, there was a study that was done on the brain that showed that a woman's right side of her brain has more connectivity than a man's does. And it's on the right side of the brain where the seat of emotion is. And so it's been shown that women have a capacity or an ability to connect deeper on an emotional level than men do. So what does that mean? Here's what it means. God made us. God has wired us differently. God has made us for purposes. My purpose is not to nurture. I actually have a few gifts that are good, that, that Emily can't fulfill. But God has made a woman to nurture. The 2000 Bureau, Census Bureau found out something rather interesting. They found out that more first-time mothers back in 2000 were not returning to work after the birth of their first children. Uh, among those who did return, 40% said it was, a, it was a heart-wrenching decision to do so. Now, as I say that, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's a sin if a woman works outside the home. My wife is a school teacher. But what I'm trying to point out is that it is innate inside of a woman to have a desire to be with her children, to raise them up, and to nurture them. Ladies, you have a special place. Men and women were different, but God has brought us together in our differences in order to complete us, to make us whole, to make us more into the image of God. God made He made you with gifts and talents that you were to use for his glory. King David wrote this in Psalm 139, 14 through 16. He said, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What's the place of a woman? Well, it's all determined by what God says. What does God say is the place of a woman? It's a place of quality. It's a place of authority. It's a place of nurture. Now, this isn't something that a few guys came up with. This isn't something that our environment produced. This is how God made us. 
And my hope is that we will see the differences in one another and appreciate them and realize that when we work together as men and women that we see a more complete picture of who God is. So today, let's place a woman. It's not what popular opinion says. It's not what some magazine says. It's what God says. And God says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are one 